Welcome to the Love on the Go podcast, brought to you by Carolina's Matchmaker. I'm Laurie Burzak, and for over 17 years, I've been helping singles find the relationship of their dreams all over the Carolinas. Along the journey, I've met so many amazing people from all walks of life, and I'm excited to introduce them to you. What's my goal? I want to help you look at love and relationships in a new way and to grow in your understanding of how love works. Let's learn together how people have overcome personal obstacles and have found love first and foremost with themselves. The ultimate goal is realizing that you are worthy and deserving of love. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. All right. I am very excited to have Sarah Guidry on the podcast today. And this is actually the first time that I've done this, Sarah, where I've uh, interviewed a former client. Oh, no way. Yeah. So, and you and I, we got really close working together. (laughs) So you're definitely uh, a success story in so many ways. And so I just thought it would be interesting for folks to hear kind of how this works and um, your experience going through it. And um, as a single mom, especially with a son and definitely some trepidation about getting online because you've done it before. So let's just start from the beginning. Tell me kind of what prompted you to reach out and um, sort of your backstory a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think for me, I had, uh, you know, online dating was not foreign to me at all. Mm-hmm. I had given it a shot. I had tried all the apps and all their forms. Um, and I always thought I was taking it seriously. And so I got to the point where, you know, as a single mom, as a career oriented single mom who doesn't have a lot of free time, I just started to get really frustrated with the lack of success and not even success in let me get into a long-term relationship, which is absolutely what I was trying to do, mm-hmm. but success in let me at least meet somebody with potential, you know? Yeah. And so I think Um, I had spent the years um, leading up to working with you actively trying on and off, um, getting frustrated, get back off the apps. Then I'd be like, okay, well, that's really the only way to meet people nowadays. So I'd get back on the apps. Um, And I just reached a point of frustration of like, clearly there's something that's not working and I'm ready to ask for some help. Um, And so that's really what led me to reaching out to you. Yeah. And it had taken, and I remember we talked to you, I think it was like in 2019, we pitched the program and you were like, I'm not ready to make this kind of investment yet. So then I guess you went back out there and continued to try it on your own. And then you were like, all right, let's just do this. That's exactly right. Yeah. I remember <laughs> calling and getting off the phone the first time and be like, oh my word. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if I'm ready to like take that big of a leap. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, it was hard to translate like well, if I'm still doing online dating with Lori, like how is that any different? And I think that was what surprised me the most was I think on the surface, when you hear about the program, it can get lost in translation a little bit where the value is associated with the cost. Um, and that's what really uh, came to light when I started working with you was how much value really was embedded in your coaching and your program mm-hmm. that when you think, oh, I'm just going to use the same tools that I was already using. Am I not going to find the same guys? Like that was the presumption that I had made initially that yes. um, really was, uh, you know, disproved when, when you and I started working together. Yeah. Okay. So let's go through what we did together. Yes. Started, started off with a stylist. Yes. That was my favorite part. I think 
totally. So we went shopping um, mm-hmm. with a stylist that helped, mm-hmm. you know, really not not necessarily craft me in any way other than I am, but just help mm-hmm. me pick things that would show well on camera and that would capture my personality and things that I would enjoy. So she helped me pick a couple of things for the photo shoot. And she also helped me pick a couple of date outfits that I could be excited to wear um, going into dates with um, with these guys. So uh, that was really fun. We spent a couple hours at South Park Mall and we tried on a lot of different things, a lot of different accessories. And um, she really took my lead, but I learned so much from her just about styling in general and how to tuck your shirt a little bit differently to make yep. your outfit look completely different. Yep. Um, but the styling was maybe my favorite part. Yeah. And it was Nancy that worked with you. And I know that she, it's a, there's a lot of psychology that goes behind the styling and she helps people with body image and, um, and so much more. And like I've said before, a thousand times, it doesn't matter what your body type is just as long as you dress for it appropriately and you feel good about yourself. That's That's all that matters. Okay. So then there was the photo shoot. Then there was the photo shoot and that was maybe my second most favorite part because like the 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 group of folks that were there just made you feel pretty and like made mm-hmm. you not that I I I think I'm pretty I, I love looking at myself that's a weird thing to say nice. but um you know like I, I don't have any self image issues but somebody mm-hmm. there rooting for you and just like cheerleading you in the background just bubbles up your confidence that much more to where I think. I presented myself in pictures and, you know, sometimes you get your picture taken, you're just nervous. Like anybody, you know, in front of a camera lens, it, you can get stiff and nervous, but um, the group of gals that was there, Nancy was there too, helping yep. me get styled for the photo shoot. I had my hair done, my makeup done. And it was just the perfect recipe for feeling confident and capturing my true self in those photos, as opposed to like a stiff, nervous version of myself. Yeah. And we did indoor photos and outdoor photos. We did the studio. And then we got the photos back and we helped select the ones that we liked the best. Yes. And I think we were aligned with the ones that, and, and we had others that we, that as backup, so we could, it's always good to change out your photos. It helps, you know, the algorithm of, of popping you to the top of the searches and whatnot. Um, and we, we worked with you with your profile. Let's talk about that a little bit. Yes. Um, So we looked at my existing profile and just, I think you guys really only made a couple of slight tweaks to Mm -hmm. how I had presented myself. Um, I think it was, we didn't have, I personally didn't want all professional photos in my profile. So you guys helped me select some other ones to really balance it out. Um, that to me felt more natural for me. And then we made some adjustments to how I had worded certain things or just making sure I hit on the right things that somebody might be looking for in a profile um, and capturing who I am in words, you know, for somebody that doesn't know me yet. Exactly. And I always like my clients to take a stab at it first because it needs to sound like them. So that was it. It's not like we've done the rewrite for people for sure, but I want it to sound like in their own tongue. So that was great. So then we launched you online and we had a lot of attention. Yes. (laughs) Would you say more so than when you've gotten online before? Oh, absolutely. The volume was much greater. And honestly, it made me that much more glad to have you guys because it was like, gosh, this is a lot to sift through and make sense of. Yeah. Um, But yes, I think once we launched, I was pleasantly surprised with the amount of activity that, you know, really happened out of the gate. Yeah, we were really up-leveling you with the photos and the styling and everything else and the new profile. 
So I think that it definitely garnered the attention of people that hadn't been seeing you before. And every time you get back on, we used match.com as our platform. And then sometimes people will get on Bumble or Hinge as well with the photos. It's harder for us to do sort of that backend work for people when they get on the apps, but you know, we've had people find success that way as well. Um, so you, you met your boyfriend pretty early on. I think um, it was maybe two weeks in. It really was very early. And <laughs> let's talk about that because he was in privacy mode. He was, he was not somebody that I could have found myself. He, mm-hmm. he found me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that was, uh, that was unique, right? Because he sort of, he was not in the mix of people that you had found, right? Cause you were out there proactively trying to find people that met exactly. not my criteria, but sort of matched who I was looking for. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, he came in the mix and it was, it was a wild card. Um, right. So- because I remember doing our, so we have weekly zoom meetings, you yes. and I, and I also have staffers that work with people as well. Uh, but in this instance, we were every week we were finding five potential prospects for you. And then you were writing to them, liking, liking them and then writing to them. And then all the while you were getting hits coming in. So we were deciding which ones of those were potentials for you, which ones weren't blocking the ones that were clearly not, or if they were sending inappropriate messages or whatnot. And then, yeah. And then Chris came out of the blue and it's like, I remember saying to you, where did he come from? We, and Molly, who helps with this uh, program as well. One of my staffers was like, I didn't, I have never seen this guy. And yeah. And that's what it was. He was in privacy mode and which I don't recommend to people because then nobody's going to see you. So obviously my clients are in public mode, but it just, it does speak to when you've got a really great profile and picks who is going to come out of the woodwork that says, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in you. And he's, he's a private guy. Yes. So that's why he was on privacy mode. That's right. So you, you're going to laugh, but I have notes that I took about your first date with him. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and here's what I wrote. Um, my notes on her date, Saturday night date with Chris went, well, they're going out on a proper date on Saturday night. He is planning it. He was always really good about, and I bet he still is planning dates. I love yeah. that. First date was three hours long. They went to Firebirds. They had small talk mainly, not a lot of content. You had appetizers and drinks. And your your um, comments to me were that you wanted to get a little bit deeper with the conversation and yes. that he's private. And I said, don't worry about it. It's going to happen. You, did. you know, the only thing you need to think about is, is this somebody I want to go on a second date with? It doesn't all have to come out. And we did talk about maybe doing that New York Times 36 questions with him. Did you end up doing that? So that's like a whole long list of questions that really helps people get to the depths of who the other person is from like kind of casual conversation to like really deep thought stuff. Yeah. So, and I wrote, I'm excited about this one, two exclamation points. (laughs) I know. So did you... Did you ever, yeah, you were excited. Did did you ever do that 36 questions together? Well, we did. It was a little bit later on and I, mm-hmm. poor guy, totally cornered him with them. I said, yeah. hey, let's play 20 questions where we just sort of get to know each other. But he was like, okay, sure. I said, great. I've got a whole list here. He was like, wait, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you allowed him to ask some of them to you, I'm sure. <laughs> I did. I did. We, we both had to answer when, whatever question was posed. Yeah. 
I love it. And, um, and that is a great way to get to know someone. Sometimes, sometimes it's a little premature to even get to know somebody that well. So I feel like it was appropriate amount of getting to know you for a three hour long first date. It's always a good sign. Yes. So you, we didn't necessarily get off match right away. I never recommend that after a couple of dates, you're not cheating on somebody. If, I mean, you should be multiple dating. And that's something that I really have to encourage people to do when they first get online dating. I always say, keep it romantic light so that you feel comfortable, you know, messaging people and whatnot. Cause you don't want to feel like you're cheating on somebody. Um, if you've already kind of go, gone a little farther intimately wise. Um, so, and you followed direction. Um, but at the same time, I think you were so excited about him that you weren't really that into messaging other people, but you did it for a little while until, until we decided to both get off match. And I'll tell you, Lori, I don't know if I ever told you this when we were meeting, but, um, you setting my expectations around, would you say dating light or romance lighter or however you phrased it just now, um, he was also doing the same thing. And I think when we had that discussion of like, Hey, I don't really want to talk to anybody else. I really just want to talk to you. And he shared with me that he had been messaging and he was fine to, to stop. Like, I think that would have wrecked me in a different way. Had I not had that expectation that that's normal and that's mm-hmm. not cheating. And that's exactly what dating is. Mm-hmm. And so I think that was super helpful for me, not just for myself to encourage me to stay active and stay involved and not put all my eggs in one basket too early. Yeah. But it also set my expectations so that when I found out that he was doing the same, I wasn't totally caught off guard and sent into a, a, a spiral of, Oh, wait a second. What just happened? Yeah. And how many weeks did it take you both to realize that you wanted to be dating exclusively? Do you remember? Uh, it was the fifth date. So okay. probably around four or five weeks, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so anecdotally, I have noticed, and I always tell my clients is if you go on five dates with someone, it turns into six months or more. It's just something I've observed through yeah. my many, many years of being a matchmaker. Um, and then you had a funny story about how you both got off- offline together. I remember. <laughs> yeah, we were sitting at dinner at, at, and we had, I had, it was his birthday weekend and I had made him dinner for his birthday. Um, so we were sitting at his table and we're, and we're talking, I said, okay, let's both get off match. And so I go into my account and I get off match and, and he's like, well, I don't have it on my phone. I just did it on my computer. I'll get off later. I was like, no, no. I was like, he'll do it now. He was like, fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'm like, no, I'll just, I'm just going to start messaging some other guys really quick. And right. He was like, no, I'll do it. I'll do it. It was totally playful. It was not, but it was, it was cute. Well, it's really important that people have that conversation about getting off, off all apps because, and to really take it down because sometimes just because you unsubscribe doesn't mean your image is still on there. So you need to do a deep, a deep dive and really remove yourself everywhere. So it's good that you do that. I think sometimes people are afraid to have that conversation. And to me, it's like, why be afraid? It's like you either they're going to be interested or they're not. And if they're not interested, then it's time for you to move on. Yeah. And you want to know that sooner rather than later. You do. And really after five dates, you should know if this is somebody you want to try to focus on Mm -hmm. because, you know, you've spent hours and hours with them already texting, calling, hopefully, and then meeting up in person. So, um, so one of the things that you and I did some coaching around was I remember that you went out for dinner with him and some of your friends who, you know, you obviously knew so well, you were so excited about introducing him to your friends. 
and it didn't go exactly as you had anticipated or planned. Right. And we had some conversations around that, around expectation of your partner. Let's, do you, do you remember that situation? I do. I think a lot of times we expect the other person to behave exactly how we will, right? Mm. Like the only firsthand knowledge we have of how we interact in situations is how we personally interact. And so I think I had projected how I would behave in a situation of meeting new friends out as this is how I expect him to behave. And this is Mm -hmm. in my head, the only way you behave when you meet new people, right? Subconsciously, this was the story that I was telling myself, right? And so when it went differently than how I might have behaved in meeting new friends, I was like, whoa, you know, what just happened? You know, my expectations weren't met, right? And the disappointment originates with unmet expectations. And so I think Mm -hmm. I had set my expectations incorrectly you know and even in talking to my friends they're like no he was great we really enjoyed getting to meet him and I think in dating it's so easy to get caught up in your mind and to tell yourself stories about what happened Mm -hmm. instead of just objectively assessing what happened and I think that's one of the things that you really helped me do was not get focused on the one storyline that I convinced myself was what happened and stepping back and saying Sarah, you guys are different people. Like, of course you would behave differently in social settings. And from what it sounds like to me, it sounds like it was a great evening, you know, right. and that sort of snapped me out of, you know, the single storyline mindset and, and really got me looking at it from a better perspective. Exactly. And you, sometimes that bird's eye view of hiring a coach to help you with dating or anything to do with relationship therapy, whatnot, really helps the person receiving that information. Because I mean, honestly, you, you could have walked away at that point. Yeah. I mean, you were that you were there and yes. I was like, whoa, 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 <laughs> no, 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 you're not doing that. Wrong decision, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> I will not allow you because yeah, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, he was kind and really considerate and very communicative and wanting to talk things through Yes. And the story that you had in your head was only based on the, all the experience that you'd had up until that point in your lifetime. That's right. And when somebody acts this way, then it's that. And, and that's the whole thing is we need to like really expand our mindset when we're dating new people each time. And that can be hard. And that's why therapy can be very important for folks when they're going through any new transition or any new relationship to just really talk it through. So highly recommend that. Yes. Um, especially to do with anything to do with attachment theory, um, whether you're, you know, a secure and avoidant um, or an anxious dater. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Um, so you have a son and when did you decide to introduce your son to Chris? Um, it was a little bit later on. Um, interestingly, I was ready before he was. Okay. Um, and I really appreciated his perspective. Um, and this is actually something that works really well with us is I am, if you know, strengths finder and activator, right. And I'm like, okay, we're here, we're going to do it. Um, and he is very methodical in his decision-making and approach. And we sort of, Mm -hmm. um, bring each other towards neutral, I think from either side of that. And so I think I raised it three or four months in, I said, Hey, you know, I, you know, like, you know, do you want to come over for movie night? Do you want to do something? Do you want to meet my son? Um, and he said, honestly, I would feel more comfortable if we tabled this conversation until, you know, after you guys got back from your vacation, which was maybe six weeks down the line. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he shared with me was, he said, listen, like, 
I really want to be sure. And because if, if this doesn't work out, then I don't just lose you. I lose Mm. you and him. Mm. And like, I hadn't thought about it. Like selfishly, I was thinking about it just from my perspective, right? Is this Mm. a guy worth my son being exposed to? Right. Um, And he was thinking about it from his perspective, which is also valuable and important. And so I think we waited, um, it was probably late July. So like seven months um, from when we became, you know, exclusive to when he met my son. Um, And honestly, it took a lot of the pressure off, right? Is Mm -hmm. I was sitting here trying to assess things from a single woman's perspective and from a single mom's perspective. And that was a lot of information to process and make sense of because you're not looking at the same things necessarily. Um, And so that actually freed me to really just enjoy our relationship and not make everything so serious all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And when it needed to be serious, it could be serious. Um, And they hit it off from the beginning um, and still get along really well to this day. I love it. And I think that's important because especially for folks that have kids from a previous relationship, it's not all about instant family. You have to kind of stay in that bubble of romance and courting each other before, because then it turn it can turn into that kind of mommy daddy feeling yeah. and um, which can zap romance. And also it just gets to so many deeper levels. Um, so I think that he was very smart in saying that. And I'm glad that you, uh, that you figured out that he was correct with that. Um, and then it's just gone on from there. So what is, what's next with you guys? You're not engaged yet. I know, which is smart. I mean, why rush into it is my opinion. You've already been, you know, you've already been there, done that. So there's no reason to rush into it unless, you know, he wants to have kids and and whatnot. So I'm not really sure if that's the case. So tell us kind of what's next. Yeah, I would say marriage is absolutely on the horizon. We actively talk about it on a regular basis. Nice. Um, And so it's one of those things where there's a couple of things in each of our lives that are in a bit of a transition period Okay. um, that we want to make sure that, you know, we each individually have the opportunity to invest in ourselves um, Mm -hmm. before we really invest in each other for that next step. We invest Mm -hmm. in each other constantly, but, you know, to plan a wedding to be married, like all of that takes a lot of time and effort. And we want to make sure we're setting ourselves up for success. Yeah. Um, We also, um, I having been there before and him, you know, being a very conscious decision maker, um, want to make sure like once we get engaged, that that's not a decision point anymore. Like engaged is really just the step before marriage and we're not going to undo that. And so we've been doing a lot of our homework, so to speak, um, Mm -hmm. in advance of even getting engaged of talking about like, Hey, how, what are your, what are your approaches to managing finances? What are the tasks around the house that you despise and that you enjoy? And how might Mm -hmm. we go about dividing those things? And it sounds Mm -hmm. very unromantic to talk about those things, but they're really critical. And I think establishing those in advance allows you to enter into a honeymoon phase when you get married and start living together. And you're not tripping over all of these things that are inevitably going to have to be something that you figure out, Mm -hmm. but you can do it in an environment now where you're not stressed, right? Because you didn't just come off of planning a wedding. Mm -hmm. You didn't just like throw each other into the same household and figure out how to live together 24 seven. Like some of this stuff we've managed to discuss in advance Yes. Um, and really every time we bring it up, we joke about this. It's like, um, yeah, no, that's not an issue. Like I didn't think it would be, but it's, it's reassuring to know as well. Like 
here are the things that, you know, married couples have to figure out. And, you know, mm -hmm. every time we've come across one, it's been something where, um, you know, it's a very complimentary, uh, you know, outcome when, when we figure out how we want to handle it. Really so smart. You're being really thoughtful, proactive, and just figuring everything out ahead. So things will pop up obviously later on, but, um, I think sometimes people just jump into this thinking it's just all about romance and actually how to live your life once the beautiful wedding is over is so much more important than, you know, planning the wedding and getting engaged and whatnot. So kudos to you. I'm so excited to watch your, your life roll out, um, continuing to watch you. And, uh, I thank you. I, it was, it was such a pleasure having you as a client, um, and watching you evolve and just raise your vibration and learn so much. And then it's just, it was great to have you share today. Thank you for your vulnerability. Absolutely. I appreciate you would ask. And it was honestly, I think for me, I had a lot of hesitation around, you know, gosh, do I really need somebody to tell me how to date? Mm -hmm. Like, it, I mean, there's a pride element to it for me as well. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm an intelligent woman. I've got a great career. I know how to interact with other humans, you know? And so yeah. there was a pride element that I had to get over. And if I can help anybody else just realize the value that it brings and help them find love by being open to asking for help. Like, I mean, I want other people to experience what I've had the joy of experiencing with Chris. Like it's, um, you know, if, if you're thinking about it, I just highly recommend giving Lori and her team a shot. Like it, like I said, it took me what a year and a half to actually come around. And, and part of me wishes I had done it sooner. And part of me is glad I didn't, cause I probably wouldn't have met Chris. So, I mean, everything happens in the right time for the right reasons, but if you're thinking about it, um, it, it definitely is, is money well invested in yourself. Thank you, Sarah. Great to see you. I'll speak to you very soon. Good to see you too, Lori. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for listening to Love on the Go. You can follow the podcast on any podcast app to be notified when our next episode comes out. Also, if you've loved this episode, I'd appreciate it if you could leave us a review or even share it with a friend that might benefit from what we talked about today. To learn more about me and how our team helps singles across the Carolinas and beyond find love, visit carolinasmatchmaker.com. You can find a link to our site in the show notes. Until next time.